You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So in the word this morning, uh, uh, I want to share with you on what I call winning huh? by the testimony of scriptures. How many people want to win? You, you, you have some things you feel you need to defeat. You need to conquer some, some uh, whatever it is. So far, it's not uh, conquering people. Hmm? Don't try to conquer your father-in-law. Because we always use mother-in-law. Now, let me use father-in-law. Don't try to conquer your father-in-law. All right? That's not what we're dealing with. But we're dealing with stubborn situations. In your life, there are things that are stubborn and they are insisting that they are not going to go. And we are saying that they must go. We are saying that they must change. Things must change in your life before the end of this year. Your, your, your testimony has to be complete. Your testimony must be complete before the end of this year. And I want you to be able to fight and to win by the testimony of Scripture. If we read Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Who did they overcome? Who is him? Satan, the dragon, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And part of our testimony is the Scripture. In case you don't know, the testimony of Scripture can be personified. The Scriptures can become yours. You can own it. You can own it. And once you own it, you can use it. So the reason why some scriptures don't seem to work is because we have not yet owned it. We have not yet owned it. One of the things that Jesus, Jesus did earlier in his ministry when he stood um, in the synagogue, he read from Isaiah and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. Because he has anointed me. Where did he get it from? From Isaiah. From the scriptures. So he, he read it. And then he said to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled before your eyes. So what did he do? He owned that scripture. Okay? He owned that scripture. Many people today, because we're living in an information age where everything we are bombarded with all kinds of information and you, there is an overload of information, right? You just Google anything and you have thousands, if not millions of websites. Everybody is saying something about that subject. And everybody wants... Is claiming to be an authority in that subject. So they feel they have something to say that you should listen to. They feel they deserve your attention. And of course, you tend to give it to them, and some of them don't deserve it. Okay. So because of that, because of the age we're living in, we have, we have gotten into a mode whereby we just see information for information's sake. Okay, so when we read the Bible, we just read it as if we just read a Google page. Yeah, we just, as if we just read a Google page, you just, you just went to one website and just read something. So we take the same mindset to read the Bible. So when you read it, you read it just to, uh, just to stimulate your thinking. Which is good. It's good to read. Because if you don't read, how many people know you can't lead if you don't read? The people that read the least are paid the least. 
Just, just check it. Any society you go to. So, reading is vital. I'm not undervaluing reading. But I want you to go beyond just information. To get to a point where not only do you read the Bible, but the Bible starts reading you. Okay. So the Bible now begins to read you. Because the Bible is the God of books. There's no book like that. There's no book that has sold more than the Bible. Somebody thinks it's Harry Potter. But they can't even come close. Even come close. The Bible is the world's best selling book. There's no book that will ever sell more than the Bible. So, among books, the Bible is God. (laughs) Allow me to say that. Okay. So, when you read it, you don't read it with the same mindset. When you read, say, God, speak to me. Show me myself. Show me myself. I want to see myself in this book. Because you are there. If Jesus could locate himself, why can't you locate yourself? Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we know it was not his original statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he quoted what Isaiah wrote Amen. hundreds of years Amen. before he arrived. Now, the same scripture. And he said... To the, to the Pharisees in John chapter 4 verse 39, he says, you read, you search the scriptures. Huh? And he says, they, they testify of me. So the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they, those guys used to read a lot. They search the scriptures. As, as a matter of fact, they, they kind of worship the text. They worship the text Without worshipping the author, who is the creator himself. So, the, 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 the text was of more value than God himself. And that's why they missed the Messiah. John chapter 5 verse 39. Sorry, I quoted wrongly. Uh, did I? You search... The scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You think. How many people know thinking and being are two different things? You think you have eternal life. But then he says, these are they we testify of me. So the scriptures testify of him. What is the scripture saying about you? Jesus knew what the scriptures say about him. Do you know what the scripture is saying about you? Or are you looking for one prophet somewhere to come and tell you who you are? Huh? Come and tell you your address. I I, I didn't know you were so lost. Come on. Yeah. Come and tell you. tell, Tell you what you are wearing. Tell you how much is in your pocket. Hmm? Familiar spirits. That are so familiar with people. Meanwhile, we have the word of God. The martial word of prophecy. And the scriptures should testify of you. Do you know? What the scripture is saying about you. If you don't know. How are you going to win? How are you going to win in this, in this battle? 
Because there's a battle for your destiny. There's a battle for your soul. Come on. There's a battle for your family. Huh? There's a battle for your health. There is a battle for your mind. Come on. There is a battle for everything you have. In case you don't know, the enemy wants it. The enemy wants your wife. He wants your husband. He wants your children. He wants your job. Come on. He wants your health. He wants your sanity. Hmm. He wants your car. Now, he doesn't drive cars. But the mere fact that he can deprive you, he's happy to do that. So, if you are going to overcome him, the Bible says we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And our testimony is not just our experience, although that is part of it. Part of my testimony, come on, I don't know about you. Part of my testimony is what the scripture testifies about me. What the scripture testifies about me is part of my testimony. So the Bible says some things about me. And I choose to use what the Bible says to fight. And some of the things that the Bible says about me are actually deadly weapons in the spirit. They are. You're looking for ballistic missile or, uh, okay, nuclear. What else now? There's, there's biological warfare. All of that doesn't come close to the weapons you have in the scriptures. Yeah. So Jesus, he tells the people that the scriptures testify of him. And you will see that wherever Jesus went, he would continue to affirm or point the people to what the prophets say about him. Look at 1 John chapter 5. Look at 1 John chapter 5. It says in verse uh, 7, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. There are three. Okay? That bear witness where? In heaven. Number one is the Father. The Father himself bears witness. Then number two is the Word. And number three... The Holy Spirit. The, and these three are one. These, are, these three witnesses are one. They, all their witness and their testimony agrees. Their testimony can never contradict. They can never contradict each other. Haven't you seen, haven't you watched cases where a witness will come and testify? This witness comes testifies. Then another witness comes and testifies and it kind of contradicts the first one. You've seen that, right? And then another one comes and it's like, okay, so who is telling the truth now? But when it comes to the Father, the Word and the Spirit, their testimony is the same. They will never contradict so if the word says something about you, guess what? The spirit is saying the same thing. And the father is saying the same thing. And you can take it to the bank. <laughs> Maybe not to Standard Bank or FMB, but you can take it. You know what I mean. <laughs> you can make withdrawals on that. Hallelujah. So the word is a credible witness. Yeah. A credible 
witness. And you need to learn to use the word to fight your battles. Don't just fight with your sentiments. Don't just fight with your senses. Senses can deceive you. Hmm? They can deceive you. If you don't know how to manage your senses, you will always be in trouble. Why? Because there are times that they will fool you. There are times they will fool you. When I was told, Doc, maybe you, you help me here. I was told that another doctor was telling me about levels of evidence. Hmm? There are, is it seven levels or how many levels? But there are levels of evidence before, um, before any drug is, is considered potent and credible. It has to go through some levels. Yes, it's correct. Um, there are levels of research or phases. Yes. So it goes through phase one, and we find evidence on that. So sometimes we start with uh, animals before you get to testing onto human beings. Hmm. So there are different levels of evidence. Hmm. So you go animal level, we start with the laboratory level, you go to animal level, you get to human level, and there is about five of them. Okay. All right. So if you don't go through those, uh, maybe somebody, you know, maybe my grandfather, <laughs> maybe my grandfather gave me a formula and says, you know, this if he doesn't if he doesn't go through those levels yes it's over the counter things it's ah. it's 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 like anything which you can get it's, you see it, you can't it's it, you can't use it you can't prescribe it you can't you can just speak on your own okay wow so you, it, it doesn't require the signature no, of the no 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 you just speak on your own do it yourself will, will you not sign no, Sign not for, for those ones. Not for those ones. You can just... <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, there are levels of evidence. And in the spirit, there are also levels of evidence. There are levels of evidence. And like I said to you in the past, the word testimony also means evidence. And it also means witness. So there are levels. There are certain, there are certain evidences that are not going to be presentable before the court of heaven. And so because they are not strong enough to stand in the court of heaven, they cannot be used against you. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. The yeah, the blood of Jesus has done more than you think. Concerning you, I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus. So, if, if, if anybody brings anything against you, I remember years ago, there was this man in Nigeria, he was a pop star, you know, he was, I mean, he was, he was very popular and very wealthy. Everybody was always screaming. People used to faint in his concert, you know. I don't know. I can't. I don't know the science of that, but apparently it happens in some concerts. Okay. So this guy gets born again. He gets born again, and after he gets born again, he um, he is being interviewed by a journalist, and this journalist brought something from his past. I said, "Oh, you remember." You did this, you did that. The guy said, me? No. Never. The journalist was confused. So the journalist now <laughs> tried to explain. The guy says, no, not me. 
Then the journalist now brought another example of another incident. They say, you remember when you did this and you did that? The guy says, me? No, not me. Now, the guy was convinced that this man had a problem. Maybe amnesia or something. Huh? Memory loss. Maybe selective memory loss. <laughs> you know, some people have that ability to, yeah, forget what they want to forget. <laughs> so, the journalist brought another thing and the guy, same response. Nope. Me? Never. Ha! Huh? What is this? So the journalist said, are you telling me that you are not the one that did this? And you are not the one that did this? And you are not the one that did this? In fact, you were at this place by such and such a day, and you did this. He says, not me. And you know what he said to him? He says, that person that you are talking about is dead. Come on. You are talking to a new creation in Christ. So before, before heaven, that record does not exist. Because that, yeah, it happened, but not to this one. This is a new person. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Huh? Not a renovated creation. No, not a washed creation. A new. Another version says he's a brand new species. That means he, he ceased to exist and a new Person has replaced that one. Why was he able to answer like that? He read the scriptures. You see? So he was able to see the testimony of scripture. The testimony of scripture was more credible, more powerful than the testimony of the journalist. Yeah. So many Christians have been kept back by the testimony of Satan. So the, the devil has his testimony about you. Do you know that? Yeah, he has his testimony about you. People have their testimony about you. But what testimony are you going to present before God? Are you going to present the testimony of people? Are you going to present people's opinions? Oh, well, Father, people are saying this about me. People feel this way about me. Every time I come, they react like this to me. And all. That is immaterial. What saith the scripture? <laughs> come on. What saith the scripture? So, you need to use that because that is what is going to silence the enemy. That is what is going to give you ultimate victory. The blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So, I want you, as you read your Bible, we're still reading our Bibles. As you go through your Bible, begin to ask, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What are you saying to me as I'm reading today? As I'm reading the book of Luke today, what are you saying to me? Not just reading for information. Because if you want information, go to Google. If you want information, you can go to Facebook. <laughs> Where some of you get your news from. Hmm? Fake news. A friend, he's always sending me things. I said, Stop sending me these things. <laughs> ha! 
where do you get this kind of, how can you, an intelligent man, believe such nonsense? Oh, no, pastor. You know, it was, it, it's actually confirmed on YouTube. <laughs> From Facebook to YouTube. Huh? Is that a credible testimony? Is that a credible witness? <laughs> when Donald Trump came into power, he, he said to me, he just sent me one link like that to say, Hey, Pastor, I can't believe this. Obama has been arrested. <laughs> yeah. I said, You've come again. You have come again. <laughs> I didn't even bother checking because I know that this is nonsense. Some busybodies just sit down and fabricate news. And they spread it. And some people will take it. And also be forwarding it. Don't forward any nonsense to me, please. Anyway, you don't do that. Glory to God. So what am I saying? That's how Satan will get up and fabricate things about you. And then spread it. And you will be the first person he's going to tell. That this is, this is who you are. This is what God thinks about you. Imagine Satan preaching to you. I say, oh, pastor... I'm going to die. Who told you? Satan told me. If the devil say, I will kill you, what does that mean? That means you will live. Because he's a liar. Yes. The devil, he shows you a dream. You say, oh, I died. This is... Who said it? When you wake up, get a scripture. In fact, two or three. And just release them in the name of Jesus. It is written. It is written. It is written. It's over. Diffuse everything by the testimony of Scripture. Glory to God. So, the testimony of Scripture is more powerful than you think. And I'm amazed at how the early church and the, uh, the, the, the apostles used to connect the scriptures to certain things that happened. You remember on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, people came in, in Acts chapter 2 and they said, they saw these guys um, speaking in tongues. They were speaking, and then they just, people came and said, ah, these people are drunk. They are drunk. <laughs> then Peter gets up. And he says, this is what that. Come on, come on. Let's look at, let's look at. Who is with me? David, are you with me? Huh? This is that. Spoken. Glory, glory. Look at verse, verse, verse 14 of chapter 2. And Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice to them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my what words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. The third hour, that's 9 a.m. Imagine they're saying drunk at 9 a.m. Now, first of all, I know I've been in a place where people get drunk at, at 9 a.m. Okay, I've been, I've been there. I don't want to mention the country. But, yeah, but I've been there where I've seen people drunk. 
9 a.m. But this, this one, no. Peter is saying, these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing that it's just the third hour. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Come on. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the testimony of scripture that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And what is that? He says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And he goes and he begins to explain all of that. What happened? People had an opinion that was not true. They watched with their eyes. Their senses told them that these people are drunk. And their senses were deceiving them. Huh? So sometimes your senses can deceive you. Is that not so? Is that not placebo? What? 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 Co correct. Yeah. So you, you you convince yourself that this is it. Like one of our relatives that used to inject people with <laughs> with water. <laughs> You know, I mean, he just, he, he gets up and he, 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 he says he's a doctor. And people are queuing up, they're paying him money. And he's injecting them with water. And they're feeling better. Yeah. They're feeling better, they go and testify. And more people are coming. And before, with time, there's a queue of people. Coming for that injection. They say, this doctor is this. He is so good. But it was water. So their senses deceived them. <laughs> yes. So these people's eyes deceive them because they see these people speaking in tongues and they say, these people are drunk. So Peter has to now bring the testimony of Scripture. To counter the opinions of men. To counter the lies of men. Can you imagine? We just walk out of this place now and people start saying things about us that are not true. They say, oh, these people, who? In that church? They, they, they just sniff cocaine in that church. If you see how high they are all the time. Every time you go, they're so high, high, high. There's something that that pastor is giving them. They, they put it in the air. If you just enter inside, ooh, you start feeling... Yeah. People can say, they, they, will, they, they just look at you and their senses are trying to bear witness. But the witness is not credible. So Peter had to put things in order. And that's why it's good to know the scriptures. What if Peter didn't read Joel? What if he didn't know? He would just come and say, uh, guys, no, we're not drunk. Then what do you replace that lie with? Many of you are trying to counter the lies of the enemy. Without the scripture. And then you are angry that the enemy is lying. But you don't have anything. You don't have any truth to counter that. So you need the truth. Glory to God. You need the truth to help you to counter the enemy. So several times this guy used the, the scriptures. I remember another time. Uh, the Gentiles were getting saved. So some people now start saying, you need to be circumcised, mm -hmm. just like Moses said, in order for you to be saved. Yeah. So imagine, if you are not circumcised, you are not saved. 
you are born again, but if you are not circumcised, your salvation, <laughs> you are half-baked. So it became, it was spreading. It was spreading and it was causing problems in the church. In the churches, really. And then it got to a point that in Acts chapter 15, look at Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, they now decided to send um, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, To Jerusalem. Huh? Verse, verse 1, it says, A certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Is that the truth? Is that the gospel? When did they get it from? It's, it's like somebody that comes and says to you, if this person... If this person does not pray for you, you cannot be free. Hmm? I have a friend like that. I'm trying to tell him, this, this thing is... He said, no, it's only this person that can deal with this. Said, okay, go. He said, oh, pastor, there are levels. Demons have levels. Huh? This kind of demon is only <laughs> is only this prophet that can deal with that. I said, really? Now tell me what happened to you being seated in the heavenly places in Christ. Is the demon higher than the heavenly places in Christ? Huh? Is, is the demon is higher, right? Come on. Guys, why do you allow people to deceive you? I said that they are telling you that so that they can create a dependency syndrome. So that you keep going back there. So that you keep going back there. Then they give you this oil of Judah. And they give you this whatever of that. And then they give you this one. Huh? And you have to pay. Huh? You pay 10... 5,000 rand for this. Then you have to pay 10,000 rand for this. Then you have to pay this for this. Then you have to pay so much to meet the prophet. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Meanwhile, God has already spoken in his word. Huh? He says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. The first sign that you are a believer is that you can cast out demons. Amen. That's the first sign. Before you start healing. First sign. First sign. Are you a believer? Yes. But you see, they've been brainwashed. So that they have to keep going back to the Sangoma. And the Sangoma needs business. So he has to continue to create other products. And he has to create his own doctrine that can make you dependent. So he tells you, if you come this week, then this. Then next week, you have to come for this. Then the other week, you have to come. Why? Why? Why can't you just empower the people? If you are a man of God, why can't you empower them so that they can stand on their own? So that in the middle of the night, when something happens, attacks them, they can stand and declare the word of the Lord. But no, they have to run to you. Mini God. That judgment is coming. And it's not very far. Hallelujah. I don't know, sorry. I, I don't know why I got, went on a rabbit trail there. So these people came and they say, you, you, you have to be circumcised or else you will not be saved. All right? Then verse 6, in verse 6 it says, Now the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Come on, I like Peter. He rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know 
that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Come on. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become uh, silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. So Peter rose up and spoke, right? Then Paul and Barnabas explained. Then James stands up and look at what he says. Uh, He says, Simon has declared how God at first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree. Come on. So the Spirit, the Word, and the Father agree. So he is saying, Peter is telling us of how when he went to Cornelius' house, he was still speaking. Those guys received the Holy Spirit without being baptized, without being circumcised. They received the Holy Spirit. God made no distinction. Why do we want to put this kind of burden upon the people? Let's kill this false doctrine that is trying to cripple the church of God and trying to stop what God is doing. So he he now says, just as it is written, after this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. And I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. So by the power, by the testimony of Scripture, James quoted to silence that wrong teaching that was spreading. There are many wrong teachings that are spreading. And we need people that are well grounded in the scriptures that will silence them and stop that flow. Stop them from spreading. Don't embrace them. Glory to God. Because those teachings, what they will do is that they will begin to affect your faith. Then they'll begin to affect the manifestation of God's power in your life. They'll begin to affect your spiritual growth. And then they'll begin to open you up to demonic harassment. But people don't know. So these guys, I thank God for them. They were well grounded in scripture. I wish all of us could be as grounded as these guys. So that we can stand. When people talk. So not only the voices of people should be silenced. Not only should you win popular opinion with the scriptures. You need to win against your feelings. And your senses. When God is speaking to you. You believe it. When you see in the scriptures, you're able to locate yourself. Then you now identify the scripture as it applies to you. It becomes your rema. Then you now begin to apply it to your situation. You stand upon it and say, it shall be unto me according to the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter what Satan is saying. It doesn't matter what your past is. If the blood of Jesus has covered If you have applied the blood of Jesus, then you have the confidence. You have the confidence to stand and begin to apply your faith and insist on the testimony of Jesus to become your testimony. You insist on the testimony of the scripture to become your testimony. Hallelujah. 
I believe that God is speaking to somebody this morning. And I know that your testimony is about to manifest by reason of the scriptures, by reason of what is written, already written. You take that and you begin to declare it. Begin to declare it. Years ago, I heard this man of God. He was, he was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. He just went for a routine check and then he discovered. <laughs> the doctor said, oh, reverend. <laughs> it has come. <laughs> so this guy just said, okay, fine. Doctor, thank you so much. Uh, I'll see you. I'll be back. He went and he rented a hotel room. Yeah. He got him some scriptures. <laughs> he got some scriptures, right? He started, he didn't go out. He locked himself there for three days and three nights just declaring the scriptures. This is what the Bible says. 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 And he started speaking to that thing. Get out of my body. You don't belong here. He was just, he just went on and on and on. Night and day. No food. He said, I'm working on something here. After that, by the next week, he went back to the doctor for a test. The doctor checked him. He says, Reverend, you're a lucky man. He says, what, what's happening? He says, it's gone. He says, doctor, this has nothing to do with luck. Glory to God. He says, this has nothing to do with luck. The God that I serve did it. The God that I serve did it. So what if he didn't do that? What if he just went and started crying? Oh, God, why do you do this to me? Oh, Lord. Huh? It would have gone, right? At least God would have, God would have been moved by his tears. Huh? God would have been sorry for him. Just have pity on him. It doesn't work like that. So whether it's concerning your finances... Whether it's concerning your health, come on. Whether it's concerning your future, whether it's concerning your family, whether it's concerning your children, whether it's concerning your career, whether it's concerning your business, whatever it is, there are scriptures. There are scriptures testify about your situation. So take that and use that. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. My testimony must align with the testimony of Scripture. Amen. My testimony must not be contrary to the testimony of Scripture. Amen. If the Father and the Word and the Spirit agree, I want to agree with them. Amen. I want to agree with them. So if you want to win, you take the Scripture Amen. and say, Holy Spirit, Show me what you are saying concerning this. What's your testimony concerning this report? Whose report will you believe? The report of the Lord. God bless you. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. We're going to pray right now. I believe that God is working in your life already. The testimony of Scripture. Glory to God. There's nothing that can stop the Word of God. The Bible says, God is not a man. Numbers 23. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not make it good? If God said it, you can bank on it. Because you need to put your faith in his integrity. Amen. God is not like you. 
Huh? He's not like you. you. You make promises and you can't fulfill them. Sometimes it's not because, you, not, not because you don't want to, but you don't have the power to. You tell somebody, I'm coming, I will see you by 6 o'clock. On your way there, you have a breakdown. And then you end up there by 9 p.m. God can be faced with such situations. When he says something, he has the power to prevent anything from stopping him. So he is not a man that he should lie. Glory to God. So you need to learn to believe him. Trust him. What he said concerning you is true. It's not a lie. Why don't you thank him? Tell him, Lord, thank you. That I can put my faith in you. I can trust in you. You need to be consistent in your application of scriptures. You need to be consistent in your faith. You need to be consistent in your, in your declarations. You need to be consistent. My Lord. I believe in God. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.